First Peter, chapter three. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, that's First Peter, chapter three. Just for the recording. I had it the first time. Oh, you already had it. Praise God. And uh, I'm going I'm to cut into, into the context here. Um, instead of reading the whole chapter, I'm, I'm just going to skip down uh, part way down here. But talk, t again, talking about um, Sunday, coming up on Sunday, I'd like you to come in with a testimony. I know some of you are shy. And you leave that to other folks. But I feel it's important for us to speak what the Lord speaks in our life. To declare it. Declare it openly. And this is the best place to do that, I think. You can do it by yourself. That's certainly true, and I hope you'll do that. But also as an encouragement to our brothers and sisters. Amen? The labor of love that we have done has not been in vain. We have had some life-changing events going on in our hearts. Um... And if you honestly don't feel that way, then don't just make something up. I'm not asking you to speak. But I'm asking especially those, if you've gone through February and you don't feel like anything changed your life and you got nothing out of it, and that's the way you really, truly, honestly feel, that it was just a waste of time, then please don't speak because we don't want any negativity. <laughs> but if you feel that God's done something, spoken to you, changed some understanding, in your life. And I, I want you to, even if it's just a one-liner, Lord showed me this, thank you Jesus, sit down, you know. If that's all you do, just stand up and give something, amen? All right? Did you raise your hand or are you just scratching your nose? Oh, okay. God is good, amen? Amen. Let's read this verse. In fact, before we do that, I want you to pray for me. I just came out of a three-hour conversation. I didn't really get a chance to uh, do much pre-service prayer today, even though it was a spiritual conversation. But pray for me as we begin the word here tonight. Yes, Lord's got something to talk to us about. Amen. Lord God, Amen. in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I give my tongue to you. I give my voice to you. Lord God, I give my entire body, soul, and spirit to you right now. And I consecrate it to your work right now in the name of Jesus. I crucify any flesh or opinion on my heart or mind or spirit. And I put it up on the altar where it belongs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I humble myself before you and before your people right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, guide my lips by the Holy Ghost as I praise you and give you glory and give you acknowledgement, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Lord God, open up our hearts to receive the word here to Jesus. We take authority over the prince of the power of the air right now. Yes. That spirit of perversion that would twist these words or that would try to block them from entering to the hearts and minds of new people. We 
take authority over that spirit right now. We cast In the name of Jesus, yes. Yes. We bar that spirit from this place, Lord God. Let your angelic or stand guard against any perversion spirit that would try to twist yours coming out yes, of Jesus. this vessel of clay. We thank you for it. Thank you, so, And we thank you for the victory. Thank you, In the Lord. name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, let's get into the word now, all right? Everybody good? Yeah. Right. Started early because we're going to be for here for another three hours. Yeah. I just got a lot of download, and I'm going to regurgitate it all to no amount. But no, 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 no. That was just for me. I, I, oh. That was mine. Oh. You can't have it. <laughs> that was, you know, the chef when he's cooking the food. Gotcha. There's certain things that only he gets to eat. He doesn't pass that. Yeah, yeah, the you know the the general flavor. Well, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. We're looking at First Peter chapter three, verse number fifteen. Um, as you know, I like to read as much scripture as possible, but I'm just gonna just gonna cut this short here because I want to read a larger passage somewhere. So it says this: "But sanctify the Lord God in." your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The word fear means respect in this case. Yeah. Respect. You're not fearing man. It's talking about talking to men and he's not saying you need to be afraid of man. Everybody gets that, right? Yeah. We're not to be afraid of the people we're talking to. Right. Okay? We're not to be afraid of the people that we're sharing the word with or even those that we're giving a defense to. Mm. I want that to be clear because 500-year-old English sometimes does not translate. After all, it's been five centuries. The reason why I say five centuries instead of four centuries is because the King James Version that came out four centuries ago was based upon 100-year-old English patterns. Mm -hmm. Basically, they took the Tyndale Bible that came out of the 1500s, and they used that same language because it sounds more official. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people in those days were used to hearing Latin, and Latin was a very religious-sounding language to them because that's what they grew up hearing. Mm -hmm. They heard Latin spoken in their their church and their ceremonies, that's what they felt was the religious speak, right? And so when the Bible be began first illegally to be brought into English, um, people got used to hearing it for the first time in their modern speech. But it only took about 100 years later so that when an official version, we often call this a translation, it is a version, I won't get into all that, but mm -hmm. when the official version sanctioned by the king, so, yeah, he said, write it down, they used 100-year-old English because it sounded a little bit more religious. Hmm. They used the words like baptize and other words like that because they sounded more religious and it got them off out of a hairy situation without having to tell their bishops that you need to fully immerse people in water. They just used the word baptize. Because no one knew what it meant. We all know what it, knows, it means now. 400 years ago, they didn't. Isn't that weird? To think someone didn't know what the word baptized means? You know? Of course, now, 
The word baptized can mean several different things. But uh, we know what it really means because we're right. No, no, no. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen? Yes, amen. But we do believe the Lord has given us revelation in this truth. Amen. So praise God. That it is by full water immersion in the name of Jesus. I want to talk really not so much about giving that defense for the gospel. That is, that hope is in you. I, I, I want you to understand that that's very important. I also want you to understand with the rest of this verse, when we are doing these things, we are not to be afraid of people. So read it for what it means. It means with respect, courtesy even, meekness. That does not mean shyness. It can mean humility. Meekness does not mean weakness. Right? Right. It doesn't. It right. means you are under control. No one would look at a Clydesdale and figure that that horse is weak, right? Right. But they can be very meek animals. Mm -hmm. But they've got a lot of power. Yes. They're huge. Anybody seen a Clydesdale in person? Yes. I, I can't even reach to the top of one. Too short. They're big. Mm -hmm. Those animals have a lot of power. Yes. But when they're harnessed and when they're trained right, mm -hmm. that harness controls them. And a much weaker human can drive a whole team of these things mm -hmm. with precision. Well, that's that's a good picture of meekness. So, so when we talk about meekness, we're not talking about going up to people in weakness. We're talking about Holy Ghost controlled aspect. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. There's some powerhouse inside of us, but we're under the reins of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We all have a sword in our hands. Amen? Mm -hmm. This is a powerful word of God. Yes. The book of Hebrews says it's quick, it's alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And yet, we don't go around bashing people in the head with it. We control it by the Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit. Amen. The letter kills. kills. The Spirit gives life. Thank you for those of you who knew that. Those of you who don't. Paul says the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Amen. Praise God. So this 500-year-old English, don't let it confuse you. If it helps, bring a parallel translation. Or bring another translation along with you. Uh, we're probably, unless the Lord specifically tells me, we'll probably keep teaching out of the King James. A couple of years ago, I got rebuked. You, you remember when I used to have my little table set up here? And mm -hmm. I had like 50 translations spread out? Mm -hmm. I got rebuked for doing that. <laughs> By people who were supposed to be under my authority, and they felt fine to rebuke me that the only righteous translation is the King James. I said, it's, a tra it's not a translation, it's a version you don't even know what it is. Don't tell, don't tell me God's confined by an English translation that came out 400 years ago. You think God's confined by that? It's just what I grew up with. It's what I'm used to. So I read it. But I always want to explain that. But really, I'm taking all this time just to say, I really want to focus on the first part there. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. When you go out to talk to people about the Lord, you're not going to worry about doing it the right way. How about, uh, where is it, Ephesians? Four, where Paul says, speaking the truth in love. Mm. Somebody, can you find that for me? Speaking the truth in love. I think it's Ephesians 4, somewhere around there. You know, what he's talking about is, listen, you can speak the truth to people, but you don't have to have a nasty attitude. If you're saying... 15, 14. 
450, so I was right about good. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you didn't give me the 15, but you gave me the 4. Amen. So Ephesians 4.15, if you want to write that in your notes, or at least it's going on to the recording that way. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love. We are giving the truth, not in arrogancy. We're not giving it in a know-it-all spirit. We don't think we know everything, right? I hope you don't, because if you do, you need to repent of that because you don't know everything. Right. I have a good command of Scripture, if I can be so bold to say that. Mm -hmm. But I'll be the first to admit, I don't know everything. I don't know the half. I don't know the quarter. I don't know the smallest fraction of what I need to know about this book. Mm -hmm. If you think I know this book well, think again. That's probably only an indication that you feel like you know less than me. But if you've got the same Holy Ghost inside of you as I have inside of me, you have the same access to this word inside of you that I do. Right. So I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if I could ever preach like you. It's not about that. It's not about the ability to speak. It's about sanctifying the Lord in your heart. Amen? Amen. I don't know if I know enough scripture to go witness. You have enough Holy Ghost inside of you. Just tell somebody else about Jesus. Amen. Let's, 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 let's do an experiment, all right? Can, you all right? Let's do an experiment. Let's have 100% participation. Let's all say amen on that one. Amen. amen. Yes, we all need to acknowledge that. If you've got the Holy Ghost, even if you haven't spoken in tongues all day long, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this service to speak in tongues before you go home. But even if you haven't spoken in tongues all day long, you just have enough. You, I said you, so I must be hanging around Dean too, too much. You have enough Holy Ghost inside of you. Right. To blow the devil down. Any devil Amen. that God Amen. has allowed in your life, you can blow him right down and you Amen. can speak to any soul in the world. I always mm. point towards what's soccer when I say souls. But there's souls. 360 degrees around us. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Any soul that God allows you to come into contact with your life. Thanks, Jesus. Amen. Sorry, my mouth's a little dry here. Okay. I'm probably going to have to keep doing that, but God is good. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to, from here to Numbers chapter 20 if you want to find that. Put your finger there. But, you know, that word sanctify means holy. I think most of us know that. It means a separation. It means make God separate in your heart. And it means more than that because it says sanctify your heart. Mm -hmm. So it literally means separate your heart in holiness. Everybody with me? Yes, amen. You, probably, you, know, you don't have to turn it because I've already told you to go to the number 20. But I'm pretty sure we all know John 17, 17. Lord, sanctify them with thy truth. Does anybody know the rest of that verse? Thy word, word is truth. Amen. You want to write that down in your notes. John 17, 17. Sanctify them. Jesus is talking, praying. He's praying that the Lord God Almighty, the Spirit of the living God, would sanctify His disciples, His followers, His apostles, right? Mm -hmm. But really all of His. All of His, not just His 12, or in this case 11. But not just those men that happen to be with him that night into the middle of the night. But also all of those who are his. He's saying sanctify them. Make them holy. Separate them out. Right? Mm -hmm. Separate them out. Now we 
don't often talk about holiness here. Uh, we don't. It's not a normal message. If you go to the average apostolic church, you will hear a lot about holiness or what their version of holiness is. And that might sound arrogant for me to say it like that, but I have been somewhat disgusted by the way we approach the subject of holiness in the apostolic ranks. We are stubborn, stubborn to think that holiness is only how you look. And we are also stubborn that when we get that understanding, we try to let how we look fly out the window. Folks, there's got to be a balance. Right. It's not, holiness is not all about how you dress. And it's not about what you watch. And it's not all about what you say, what you listen to, and everything like that. It's about separating yourself unto God. Right. Everybody hear me. Mm -hmm. yes. It's about consecrating your life to the mission of God. Mm. When he says, be holy, for I am holy, he's not saying, dress the right way because I dress the right way. No, he's saying, because I have separated myself from all corruption. None can touch me. Mm -hmm. You put yourself in the same category. And if you do, you will be dressing right. Mm -hmm. Okay? I, I have seen to my utter... Uh, disappointment that down through the years that people will get just a little taste of this truth of what holiness is and they'll take it like a rubber band and fling it across the room and they'll, they'll just start taking clothes off yeah. and they'll start doing stuff and they'll start listening to stuff and they'll start getting into stuff and say it don't matter mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because holiness is in my heart mm -hmm. let me tell you what holiness is not in your heart because you're not separating yourself unto God because when you do, it will show up on the outside. Mm -hmm. It will show up in your attitude. Mm -hmm. It will show up in the way you speak. Right. It will show up in the things you do. And yes, even in the things you wear. Yep. Amen. Praise God. If anybody, see, a lot of, a lot of people want to know, Pastor, is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? I'll tell you what's okay to do. It's okay to get on your face before God every morning and say, Lord God, dress me. Lord God, consecrate me. Lord God, speak to me. Lord God, show me my assignment today. What is it that you would have me do? And the Lord might just say, bless my name. The Lord might just say, praise me. Rejoice in me. A lot of times we're so afraid like, oh, I'm going to have to spend all my money and, and go to another country. And the Lord ain't going to tell you, ask you to go to another country before he asks you to go across the street. Amen? Amen. Praise God. He won't. He won't. He's going to tell us to, to talk to our inner circles first before he ever expects you to become a missionary or any such thing like that. If you've never done a work for God, don't be looking for anything bigger than just talking to people about Jesus. But even before he asks you to talk to anybody about Jesus, he's going to ask you to talk to him. Yes. Amen? Amen? Sometimes the Lord will just say, I want to spend some time with you. Sure. So when he's saying, sanctify the Lord in your hearts, you know, in the context of 1 Peter chapter 3, he's talking about different levels of things going on and persecutions, and he's, he's quoting scriptures, and, and who is it? 
who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? And he's, he's trying to encourage people. Nothing can really hurt the soul that is sanctified within you. So sanctify the Lord in your heart. Now, it's, it's like a threefold purpose. Sanctify the Lord. Sanctify your heart. Sanctify your You know, it's, it's all of it. You, you know, so how can we separate the Lord? Mm. Well, you can separate him from the concepts of the world about him, and you can separate your heart unto him and all of the rest of you. Mm. I know we don't we don't often like to hear about holiness, but when it comes right down to it, it means to pull away from worldly mindsets, actions, emotions, ways of doing things. Amen. Numbers chapter 20. Praise God. We talked on Wednesday about Moses leading the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said, don't go this way, the short way, the way that makes sense. Go this way. It's not only that God is just trying to befuddle our minds and make us do things that confuse us constantly. We know that because God is not the author of confusion. Right, right. He doesn't do things, even if it confuses us, he does not do things to confuse us. Right. He does not do things that we have to stay in confusion about if we don't know. Does that make any sense? Yes. When God tells us to do something, and, and we know it's God telling us to do it, and we've heard the word of the Lord to do it, and it doesn't seem to make any logical sense, then that's the time to consecrate your mind to God. Mm. Lord, this doesn't make sense, but you're telling me to do it. What, what that means is because he's not the author of confusion, you can actually tell that to him as if God didn't already know. But he allows it. If he allows Abraham to talk to him, Lord, uh, would you save the city if there's ten? If he allows Abraham to do that and then goes and calls him his friend, you ever thought about that? How about Moses? Moses argued with God. Lord, if you kill them all now, what are the people of the world going to say? You know, God allowed Moses to talk to him like that, and he allowed Moses also to be called a friend of God, right? Mm. Two men who actually argue with God are really the only two guys that are called a friend of God. Well, let's all start arguing with God. That's not really what we're preaching here tonight. I hope you know that. But really, it's okay to go to the Lord and say, Lord, according to your word, you are not the author of confusion, and I'm a little confused. So the confusion is not coming from you, it's coming from me, or, or the devil, or at the very least the world, because I've let the world influence my thinking enough to think that this should be the right way. But you're not the author of confusion. So Lord God, tell me why it's the right way. Now sometimes the Lord is just going to wait for your obedience before he shows you why, but he will show you. Now or later, he will show you if you will trust him. We are still talking. I've been, I've been listening to the Word of God at night for, for a little while now. And um, uh, I encourage you to do it. I've, I've been feeling my faith rising. Just, you know, in addition to my morning prayers and Bible time, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and, and study times and things like that. In addition to all that, listening to it throughout the night. It's just I, lately I've been feeling my faith rise up. So let me just encourage you. It just so happens I've been listening to the books of Moses here lately. I just finished Deuteronomy early this morning. I happened to be awake 
when Deuteronomy came to an end, I'm just listening to it, and I decided, okay, that's enough word for tonight. I shut that sucker right off. No, no, I just, I wanted to start fresh with Joshua tonight. But, uh, so I shut that down, and, uh, but, you know, over the last couple of days, I've listened to the entire set, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so a lot of these stories are coming up, so it's not coincidental that these things are being talked about on Sunday and tonight. Last night, Dean talked about the rod, right, in Moses' hand, and uh, here I am, I'm going to talk about the rod in his hand, too, not, not playing uh, Johnny come lately, it's just these are the things that God set in my heart. So let's read out of... Numbers chapter 20. It says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of sin. In the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. I just want to say this is just a continuation of the prophetic word the Lord is sending us. He's not just sending to us. He's sending us to the kingdom of God, to all who will listen. And I'm not the only voice that's giving it. I happen to be the voice that's giving it here. Mm -hmm. And maybe in a couple of other venues. But definitely here. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. This is a prophetic message. This is a prophetic word. So I would suggest, if you don't normally listen closely, I would suggest you listen a little more closely tonight. Okay? Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord will come to pass. The Lord has said his word will not fall to the ground. Right. right. This is just giving us insight into the days ahead. Okay? We don't want to wait to receive the fear of the Lord. Okay? We don't want to wait to receive the fear of the Lord until Ananias and Sapphira drop dead. Does that make any sense? Sure. Now, I might be talking about stories that some of you don't know. Acts chapter 5, we're not going to go there. Acts chapter 5, a couple uh, that did a good thing, but didn't tell. They even, they kind of told part of the truth, but didn't tell the whole truth. They told the man of God something that wasn't all the truth. And because of that, fell right down on the ground, one by one. First the man came in, then the woman came in, they both fell. In fact, in my opinion, it seems like Peter actually baited Sapphira. Yeah. Well, that's an opinion that I'm not, you know, we're not going to go deeply into tonight because it's not part of the word. But what did it say after that? It says, after that incident, great fear came mm -hmm. upon the church. Right. The Lord is telling us, receive the fear of the Lord. Receive the fear of the Lord. Receive the fear of the Lord. Receive an utmost respect for who he is and what he says and what he does and how he does it. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen? It's okay to ask God why, but it's also okay to wait on the Lord mm -hmm. and not demand. We can ask God, but we're not allowed to do demand. You tell me right now, God. Right. We can ask and we can wait. And one thing I know for sure, because I've been walking in this way for a little while now, God will tell you mm -hmm. when his timing is right. Mm -hmm. When his timing is right, in my experience, folks, this might be a little disappointing, but in my experience, God usually tells me after I've obeyed. Mm -hmm. The Lord says, walk this way. I walk this way. Mm -hmm. Sometime after, I look back and I go, oh, 
Now I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in the situation, he just wants to see if you're going to obey. Yeah. Well, what's happening? They, uh, the whole congregation went into the desert of Zen, right? In the first month. We may be coming into the first month in just the next day or two. Uh, it very likely, it looks at this point, it looks like it's going to be a month from now. Okay? But whether it's in a couple of days or a month from now, we are coming into that first month season. All right? And what does the Word of God say? Where did the Lord lead me here tonight? It says in the same verse about the first month, it says, And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there. And was buried there. Here, here's, you know, here's the part that you might not be seeing just yet. Some of you might be like, oh no, he's prophesying someone in our church is going to die in the next month. I'm not. And the Lord's not saying that. I'm not saying it won't happen. Right. All right? I'm just saying that's not exactly what God is saying. We're going to elevate this up. A prophetess of God, Moses' oldest sister, the same one who ran up to Pharaoh's daughter. We all remember the story, right? Mm -hmm. Little baby Moses in the bulrushes, right? Mm -hmm. She's the same one that ran up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, would you like me to find a nursemaid? Mm -hmm. And she said, sure. And this little girl took her little brother right back home. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal, right? Yeah. The kid got to grow up in his, uh, his mom's home yeah. uh, under his mother's care. No better care in the world, right? Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Praise God. So when the time was right, he was offered back uh, into the hands of Egypt. And that was all the plan of the Lord. We understand those things out of the book of Hebrews and elsewhere. But here, his oldest sister, her name comes from the idea of bitterness. Okay? It's all kind of mixed up with the idea of bitterness. So I want you to hear that here tonight in this word. They came into the wilderness, uh, this particular wilderness of Zen. Okay? Now, Zen has a meaning, and uh, Kadesh has a meaning, and Miriam has a meaning, and Israel has a meaning. All these words have a meaning. We're not going to go over all that, but I guarantee you, if you start studying out these names, all of it comes together in a cohesive message. Everybody doing all right? Should I talk a little louder? Am I boring you yet? No. Come on, this is, a, this is a word we need to listen to, folks. And there was no water for the congregation. They gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. This is, a, this is the normal tactic of people. Um, this is, I shouldn't say it's the normal tactic of people. It's the normal tactic of mobs. Mm-hmm. When we get a democratic mentality, when we get a mob-like mentality, it always turns into this. How many times over the last 20 years since, say, 9-11, have you heard the word democracy screamed across your TVs? We hear it constantly. Because what we're doing, we're trying to make Iraq a democracy. We're trying to make Afghanistan democracy. And these people are fighting against democracy. And democracy is the standard that we have been running to war with for a long time now. Right? Democracy, democracy, democracy. Anybody know where democracy comes from? 
comes out of Greek. But the word is a Greek word. It means the rule of the people. People ruled. In other words, the rabble rules. If you read the Bible, if you read passages like Proverbs, of course, Proverbs was written by a king, so you would expect a king to endorse the authority of a king, right? You wouldn't expect him not to. You, would, you wouldn't expect King Solomon to start saying, ah, kings aren't anything. <laughs> so you wouldn't expect a pastor to come in here and say, oh, my job's really nothing much. Not when God's given me the authority. Right. Right? Why would I do that? Right. If I feel the unction and authority, the call of God upon my life, why would I downplay my role? Mm. We're, not, we're not to overplay or underplay. We're to do it the way God says to do it. Amen. And yes, I'm still learning how to do that. I'll be learning how to do that until I'm dead or God comes and takes me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we, we still understand the truth of the balance of it. So you don't expect a king to downplay Israel, and Solomon certainly didn't. But when you read the Bible as a whole, it endorses the role of a king, not the role of the mob. In fact, you might be able to even say, breaking down the words of Laodicea, you might even say that it's a word that means the laity rules. It's a mob-controlled church. It's a board Voting church that votes in pastors and votes out pastors, votes for pastor salary and pastor's living arrangements and what he can preach and what he can't preach. And if he doesn't, uh, if he keeps preaching what he's not supposed to preach long enough, then he will be fired. Mm. Listen, folks, this is a reality. It happens all over the place, yeah. all over the world. Yeah. 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 We know a church up in Penfield, New Brunswick. They have gone through, it seems like, I don't know how many, but dozens of pastors. And we've known several of them ourselves. Brother Ricky Knox was the pastor there once. Brother Maynard himself was pastor up there for a little while. Uh, Brother Westmoreland from where I grew up down south was pastor there for a little while. We've known several of the men who've pastored that church down through the years. And all of them systematically get voted out when they don't do what that church wants. Because mm -hmm. it's controlled by uh, a demonic spirit. Mm -hmm. That says, we will control what the word of God is in this church. That is demonic. Yep. And that's the reason why this church doesn't operate that way. Because it's demonic. It's not godly. Right. Rule comes down from the top. It does not come down from the rabble. Right. Okay? Right. And it's like, what are you calling us, the rabble? We're the rabble when we rebel. Right. Okay? With a rabble when we, uh, you know, outside of the word and outside of the spirit. When we're not listening, all right? Mm -hmm. When we're murmuring against and behind the backs of, of leadership and things like this. Well, Miriam was one that did it. Remember that? Remember one time she complained about Moses' choice in a wife? What ended up happening to her? She got leprosy. Had to put her outside the camp. Right? Right. But because she was such a woman of honor, the whole camp stayed right there until she got healed. And the word was, if she had been so much as spit upon by her own father, wouldn't she have to be separated? You know, so she separated outside the camp even though she was healed. And waited there for seven days. She came back in. The whole congregation kept going. That's a beautiful story. But it shows you that God doesn't even put up with it even in his powerfully chosen vessels. And she was a prophetess. Mm -hmm. She was Moses' sister. Mm 
you know, but it wasn't because of that alone, but it was because God had honor in that particular priestly family coming through the Levitical line, okay? And Aaron had honor, Moses had honor, but they all died in and around the same time. Miriam died, then Aaron died, then finally Moses died, all right? They were all elderly. They were probably, uh, we know how, how old Moses was, 120. We know how old Aaron was, 123. We're not sure exactly how old Miriam was. But all it says, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Bitterness is one of the reasons why we go into a wilderness. So bitterness can die out there. Where it has no more root. Where it has no more place to go. When we finally understand by the privation of our lives. We understand, you know what? We don't have everything we want, but we're still getting bread out of the heaven every day. We can look around, and church isn't always what we want it to be. But bless God, we're getting the word from heaven every single time we come into this place. Amen. Whether we like it or not, whether it excites us or not, whether it's our style or not, whether we're sitting there and uh, getting bored by it or not, it's still from heaven, right. and we can't deny it. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. This is not me touting myself. I'm telling you straight up, folks. I feel it. You feel it, too. Right. I'm not trying to tell you how to feel. I'm just acknowledging I know you feel it. Mm. We can feel the Holy Ghost in this place. We can feel the Word of God in this place. Amen. That's the reason why the Lord says we've got to have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will keep us awake when we're tired. Amen. The fear of the Lord will keep us on the edge of the seat, even when it's subject matter that we don't like, or when it's in a style we don't really appreciate, or that, you know, he's not doing it enough this way or that way or whatever. You can pick and nitpick all you want, but if you won't listen to the Word of God, you're nothing but a judge of the Word, and you are not a doer of the Word. That's what James says. We need to start listening to it, get it into our heart, obey it, or we're never going to get anything out of this walk. And if you wonder why the Lord's getting so tough on us, because He's already given us warnings. We're going into an uncertain season. Mm. The fear of the Lord is coming in the church, and we better start receiving it. If you don't feel like you have enough fear of the Lord, before we leave this house, we're going to give you a chance to not only speak in tongues, but to receive a greater level of the fear of the Lord. Alright? And this word is going to help you get there. Right? Amen. And believe me, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. There was no water there for the congregation. There's times we go through dry places. And I feel like I'm in one right now. There's just not enough water here. Sometimes we go into church and we say, Lord God, why is, it the, why is the pastor doing this? And why is the worship leader doing that? And why did... You know, why did he cut off this? And why didn't he move it this way? And what? You know, it's amazing. When we start going through dry seasons, who gets the blame? It's always the leadership. Who led him to the wilderness in the first place? Mm -hmm. Well, Moses did, but who led Moses? The Almighty God himself brought yes. them into that place, didn't he? Yes. The Almighty God himself said, because of your response to my word, and because your lack of faith to go into the land when I told you to go in, this is what you got to do. Because you got to let your fear and your shame and your bitterness die in this place. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, let 
bitterness dies yes. in the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you just pray on yourself for a minute tonight. Lord God, lay your hand on your head, on your heart, something. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, let bitterness, let shame, let fear, let laziness, let apathy, let ignorance, let whatever needs to die out of me, Lord God, let it die in the wilderness, Lord God. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing it's God that works in us. For it is God that works in us both the will and the do of His good pleasure. So do all things without murmurings and disputing, right? If you don't know what that is, that's Ephesians chapter 2, somewhere around verse 12 and following. 12, 13, and 14. All right, everybody? Cool so far? They're in a dry place. No water for the congregation. They gathered themselves together against who? Against their leadership. Because it's their fault. It's always the pastor's fault if the services aren't moved. You know, I, well, why do we do it that way? You know, this is what I think, and that's what... Well, that's great. I'm open to hear opinions. I'm open to, I'm open to hear advice, but you've got to know if it's carnal advice, I'm going to reject it. I'm open to hear opinions, but if that's all it is and not the Word of God, I will reject it. Okay? And I would expect you to know that because, come on, nobody wants a mob-led church. Right. You might think you do, but no one really does. If we could just get the right something in this place, we'd have a good church. Mm. Years ago, we had a man that absolutely every chance he got, he, he would talk to me about the bushes out front. And he would talk to me about the sign out front. Pastor, if we could just do this, and if we could just do that, we'd get people in here. We'd, you know, I was praying about it one day because this guy just kept coming after me, after me, after me. And finally, I'm like, Lord, am I just being some stubborn, fool, young, pig-headed pastor that can't listen to good advice when I hear it? And folks, you might not think when you hear me preach like this, you might not think that I would ever get into a prayer room in that spirit. But I do. Because I take everything you say to me very seriously, and I take it to the Lord in prayer. You may not believe that, but all I can do is just tell it to you. Mm-hmm. But this guy, he was after me. Let me take one more drink. Mm-hmm. He was after me, after me, after me, after me. I just kept feeling in my spirit, that's not it. That's not where we need to allot the few dollars we have in the church account. That's not it, that's not it, that's not it. I just kept feeling that, Holy Ghost. And after a while, my, my reserves got worn down. What I should have been doing, and instead of worrying about it, I should have been getting into the spirit sanctifying the Lord in my heart. I should have been getting full of the oil of gladness. Come on, somebody work with me here. Praise God. I should have been started getting filled up with the Holy Ghost instead of frustrated with a, with a saint in the church so that when I came back to him and he came after me again, that oil of God could flow in me and the fruit of the Spirit could blossom out of me and the patience of God would still be there and I could just stand my ground and say... That's not what the Lord's telling me, and I, I, uh, I'm not feeling that in the spirit. So, thanks for your advice. I should have done that. I didn't. I just got frustrated. And I, Lord, what's going on? Why this guy so after me? Am I missing it? The Lord told me very clearly, there's not one single soul that will come into the church if you fix those bushes. 
or the sign. If we get a bigger sign, we can light it up like Vegas, and then we won't get anybody else in. And if we do, it won't be led by the Lord. It will be led by carnal flesh. Mm -hmm. Well, that looks like a nice church to go to. But folks, you might think you want people like that in the church, but you don't. It'll just be a distraction. We want people to come in here if God sends them here. Amen. We want people to come in here if they're hungry for the living God. Yes. Otherwise, we're really just spinning our wheels and wasting our time. Folks, I know this has been the model of probably every church since uh, 1,700 years ago. Let's just get in more and more and more and more and more and more people. That's the idea. That's the plan. Let's just grow it until we can't, can't uh, hold them anymore. Then we, we tear down a big builder, right? Uh, uh, big builder. <laughs> uh, build bigger. You know what I meant. Stop yes. laughing. Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. But uh, anyway, you know, but what does the word say? The guy tore down his barns? Built yeah. bigger. Yeah. What did the Lord say to that guy? Anybody remember? He said, you fool. Yeah. Well, now that's the Lord saying. That's not me. That's what the Lord said. He said, yeah. you fool, because you didn't know that this day your soul would be accounted for. Well, wait a minute, how am I supposed to know that? We don't know the day we're going to die. But what we can know is what God tells us to do and what He tells us not to do. Right. And if He didn't tell us to tear down and build bigger, uh, then we shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So the idea is let's just get more and more people in. Let's attract more and more people in through carnal means. Mm -hmm. So that we can just have a bunch of rabble in here that will never adhere to the Word of God and miss the whole thing turns into a mob. Well, they went against Moses in there. And before I go any further, folks, I'm not accusing a single. I'm looking at every single one of you in the eyes. Even the one with their eyes closed. Uh, I'm looking at every single one of you. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm not standing here as the accuser of the brethren. Speaking to you the Word of God. Is this all right? Yeah. Praise God. It's going to have to be. Verse number three. And the people chode, chided, rebuked, you know, murmured, complained. Mm -hmm. You could use some other choice words that would totally be improper for the house of God, so we won't. Mm -hmm. People chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? Oh, my goodness. Folks, the Lord keeps telling me to tell you and really anybody that I can tell, we better be careful what we say. Amen. We better be careful not to speak death into our lives. Because the season that we're... And it's not even a season. I don't even feel right about calling sin. The new era we're moving into. And I'm not talking about the Cumberland Church. I'm talking about the kingdom. You can go to any church. I have no power to keep you here. You can go to any church. This kingdom word will not fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming in, we're coming into the end of days. Yes. We're coming into the end of days. That could yet be 10, 20, 25 years old. I have no idea. It could be next year. I don't know. I suspect it won't be next year, but still, my opinion doesn't count. Mm -hmm. All I know is the Lord keeps telling me we, we have. We have We've come to it. Mm -hmm. We've come to the end of time here. Mm -hmm. I mean, to him, the end of time could be another hundred years, but still, we've come down to the end, and the Lord is saying, my church, if my church wants to meet me with a robe without spot or wrinkle, 
And this is the kind of word we've got to hear, even on a Wednesday night Bible study. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. God is good. Yes, He is. The children, they said, would God. They're, they're invoking God before and after in the same curse upon themselves. Would God. In other words, that's an old English expression to say, oh, it would have been good if God allowed that we had died when our brethren died. In other words, come on, let's be realistic. And I, Is this alright if I just break this down and take my time with this? Mm -hmm. What you, We kind of have to just try to identify with them a little bit. Alright? Now imagine you, you've got your own home, right? Or you've at least got a roof over your head. You're used to the way you're living. You're, you're used to your arrangements and your commodities and you're used to refrigerators and microwaves and toasters and stoves and all the wonderful things that we have in our homes, okay? Mm -hmm. Or our apartments or wherever we're living. Mm -hmm. We're used to our manner of living right now. Right. What if the Lord tomorrow sent a Chinese invading army to sweep across this land or a Russian invading, probably not Russian because they're busy right now. Mm -hmm. But but some invading army to sweep across this land mm -hmm. and to put us into a situation where we had no running water, plumbing, bathroom facilities, shower, no refrigerator, no food, no water. And we we were just come on folks, can you imagine? What would we do? Can can we pretend that we wouldn't have at least a little intrepidation? Mm -hmm. Now we can be macho and say, oh, I wouldn't fear at all because I have faith. You know, I have faith too. I have mm -hmm. faith that I know God will take care of me. I have faith to know God's going to take care of my wife and my daughter. I, I have faith to know that he would take care of the congregation. I have faith to know God's going to either take us through this thing or he's going to take us home to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's my faith. I have to consecrate my own life to God that way. Lord God, my life is yours. Mm -hmm. If today is the day I die, just let me go, go to heaven serving you. Amen. Or let me go to Jesus serving you. Yes. Amen? Mm -hmm. But folks, you know, this, these are not just cool things pastors say. This, is, this has got to be a reality mm -hmm. in every one of our hearts. But these guys are out there and they're saying, man, wouldn't it have been better if we had just died? In a, in a lightning flash. What they're talking about is there's already been Israelites that have dropped dead from plague, from serpents, from things like this, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, I think the serpents maybe happened in a few chapters, so that might not have happened yet. Anyway, but they, they, we've already seen some people die of the plague. Aaron had to run out with a censer and stop the plague, right? Anybody remember that story? Yes. What they're saying is, we're out here where there's nothing. There's not even any water. Now, these are the same people. Now, this is the part that I think grieves the heart of God. And God is not emotional the same way as we are. In other words, he doesn't have temporal emotions the way we do. But he does have emotions. How do we know? Because we have emotions and we're made like God. Amen. We know God has thoughts. We have thoughts. We know God has emotions because we have emotions. Right. So... When we say grieve God, it's not a temporal thing like he's walking along saying, yeah, my kids are doing good. Oh, my goodness, what did you just do? You know, it's not that kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. He knows the end from the beginning, but it still grieves him. 
the, the process of it and that specific part of who we are will still grieve the heart of God. And it grieves him when he sees people that have with their eyes seen water gushing out of a rock. There's a strange passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, yea, that rock followed them in the wilderness. I have no idea what that means. Did the rock move along the ground, gushing out water? Or did the stream of water, the river of water, it would have had to have been a river, folks. Uh -huh. You think about it. Because they had, there's probably 3 million people. Uh -huh. They had a lot of cattle. Everybody's got to have a drink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. All... Those life forms needing water, you're gonna have you're gonna have to have nothing less than a river gushing out of that rock. I know in our Sunday school class, if, you remember the old phenographs? Mm -hmm. Sister Alice, you remember those? Mm -hmm. you know, the old phenographs where we used to put the little rock up there and with the little trickle coming down. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we we were lied to by that phenograph. You know, we that's not the way it happened, folks. Man, that, that, it it must have been like. About a fire hydrant, you know, you know, in the inner city where the kids, you know, take the, the cap off the fire hydrant, just gushes out, right? It must have been like that, like a hundred. Whoa! You, in other words, you don't want to stand in front of it. You'd probably surf on top of it. You know? The, these are the guys that didn't just see a little trickle of water, you know, as they're kind of jumping over the heads. Oh, I want to see it too. You know? No, 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 no. They, they, nobody would have missed it. And yet, when they got to a new place, all of a sudden, God is defunct and his leadership is too. <laughs> I don't know. Moses and Aaron must have missed it because God's not moving here. Miriam's dead. Man, I wish I would have died of a plague. What are you saying? See, notice how they invoke the name. Well, not the name of God, but they invoke God and his name later, right? Would that God would have killed me along with all the other people that the Lord struck down. Uh, God struck them down because of sin, folks. Yeah. God strikes us down in sin. Mm -hmm. I don't want to die in that state. You see what kind of curse? It's not just the physical curse of death. They're saying it would have been better for me to die and go to hell than to have to die of thirst. Well, dying of thirst is temporary, as bad and awful as that might sound to us. Mm -hmm. This might be why the Lord's just making me so. I'm not usually this dry mouth. Mm. He might just be giving me that feeling of thirst tonight. Mm -hmm. just, just to kind of identify with the feeling of it's awful to think of dying because you don't have enough moisture. Mm -hmm. There's some people that live with these considerations every day. There are people that live in desert places. They mm -hmm. go out to Mali. Anybody know where Mali is? It's in Africa. Mm -hmm. It's right at the southern end of the Sahara Desert. Anybody ever heard of Timbuktu? Mm -hmm. You know, um, Timbuktu is, I always thought it was a made-up place. It's a real place. It's just, it's a place that's so out of the backside of nowhere mm -hmm. that everybody says, oh, that's way off of Timbuktu. Mm -hmm. Well, Timbuktu is technically in the Sahara Desert now because mm -hmm. the Sahara Desert's growing. And it has overwhelmed some of these northern cities in Mali. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still people, there's temperatures that get up to 135 degrees mm -hmm. in some of these towns. 135 degrees, and we think 95 is bad. Mm -hmm. 
Crank the thermostat up about 40. Okay? These guys deal with this. They have to have all their food shipped in because they can't grow anything there. They basically live in these little, you know, uh, kind of, I don't know what, these white adobe, I don't know what it is, but these, these kind of hut-like things. And because that's their traditional lands, the populations uh, are diminishing after, if enough years go by, those, those will be ghost towns. I mean, really more than ghost towns will be covered over by the sands. Mm. But right now, there's still people living in these places, and that's their home, and that's where they live. They have to get all their food shipped in. They can't grow anything. They have to have all their water shipped in because there's no water out there. Or at least not much. You know, there's people that live with considerations like this all the time. The thought of not having enough water. Water is more precious than any kind of money to these kind of people. Mm -hmm. Water is a commodity itself to these people. Mm -hmm. They will actually trade with water. That it, 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 it's, it's, water is such a consideration. Everything has to be thought about in terms of my next drink. Mm. Not my next meal, my next drink. Mm. Now, we're so used to having it available to us. Yeah. 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 These guys were out. We, we, I'm only saying this to try to help you identify. They might not have been so unreasonable. But you can see where their carnal minds led them to literally invoking a curse of God upon themselves. Where they would literally replace a temporary thirst for an eternal death. That's crazy, folks. Right there is the spirit of insanity. And we got to be careful because the devil, when he sees God moving, he tries to move in and move to him. When he sees God talking, he wants to move in and talk to him. Because he wants to try to be a louder voice in your life than God is. Mm. We've got to talk to Jesus, folks. We've got to talk to Jesus more than we've ever talked to Jesus in our lives. Mm. Praise God. I know this is a heavy-handed message on a Wednesday night. Mm. And this is just the word we have here tonight. Yeah. Praise God. pastor's not angry with anybody. I don't even feel the anger of the Lord. It's just a serious word. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. I thought these kind of words were done with February, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Because we're still moving into this era. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus. I want to move into it with rewards. Praise God. Let's, let's try to get through some of this. And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt? To bring us into this evil place. It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went up from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Folks, I can't identify with these men of God. I can't. Because when I've heard different complaints down through the years and when I've had people just questioning the very authority of God that rests in me and in this church, mm -hmm. believe you me, folks, I fall on my face before God because I take it very serious and I'm like, Lord, have I missed it? Am I even the God that you want here? Am I helping these guys out at all? Am I leading them to you at all? Are we, are we any of us even getting closer to you at all? Is this all for naught or has this been one colossal 
mess up. It may, you know, when the congregation comes up like that, it'll make you fall on your face. Here's the good news, folks. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And he does, folks. He does. He comes. He comes and he talks. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth it to them, uh, water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. The entire congregation and their animals. Mm -hmm. Now again, this has been some time. This has been almost the entire duration of the 40 years. But there have to be some people yet that have seen it with their eyes, the water coming out of the rock, right? There still have to be some people that were under the age of 20 that saw that water gushing out of that rock way back when, right? Mm -hmm. 40 years before. There, there, there still would have been the people who saw it, whose children heard those kind of stories. We were there when Moses took that stick and he smacked it. And water came gushing out like a river. Some of them there that day would have seen it with their eyes. Some of them would have doubtless heard the stories. Come on, how many stories have we heard in the old days? That's one of our favorite things to do, right? Talk about the old days and the, the old glory days. It was one of my mom's favorite things to do. Talk about the old glory days. Oh, you remember when... This happened. You remember when that happened? You remember when the fire fell this night? Remember when, oh yeah, we just love just sitting around talking about the glory days. Well, we can have the glory days right here. The glory days don't have to be over. Amen. I, I forgot who said it, but I like the quotation. It says, isn't it a shame that we don't know we're in the good old days when they're happening? And we never do. We never know when we're in the good old days. We only know that 20 years later and we look back and say, ah, the good old days. I remember when I was 16, what the good old days. And yet, if I'm real and I'm realistic about it, I also remember being a insecure teenager that didn't know his place in the world and was unsure about everything. So in reality, I really don't want to go back to those days. But there's some part of me that says, the good old days. And there's other good old days that weren't good at all. But some stubborn part of my carnal mind tries to keep thinking about them as the good old days. And the Lord has to say, what's good about waking up in a flea-infested, beer-stained carpet, not even knowing where you are sometimes? Anything good about that? Well, no, but the party the night before was nice. Yeah, well, it wasn't good enough to make up all the misery and the doubt. You know how many years I went through not even knowing if I was saved or not. Mm. Not knowing if I would die, if I would make it to heaven or not. Or, you know, just not knowing if God would strike me down for growing up in church and, and turning my back on Him. Mm. Oh, I kept coming to church. But I was a, I was a real good hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Just to be transparent with you folks, I was a really good hypocrite. Mm -hmm. I came here every Sunday night. My favorite spot to pray was right about here. I get down there, I guarantee you there's 
DNA in that carpet right there. From my tears and from my nose. I cried a lot of tears on that altar right there. Every Sunday night, I was in the altar. Every Sunday night, I cried my guts out. And went right back to it, like a dog to his vomit. And I knew those scriptures, folks. I knew the scriptures even back then. I knew them well. Did it anyway. They weren't really the good old days. But these guys, some of them have to remember those stories. They, they must remember the stories of those miraculous days. But they were still living in them. The manna was still falling. The, the, the fire above the tabernacle in the day was still there. The cloud, or rather the fire at night and the cloud during the day was still there leading them. They could see it. And yet, they got to this point anyway, literally invoking curses upon themselves. Take that rod. Take you and your brother. Speak to the rock, and it shall, shall give forth water. It shall bring forth out of water of the rock, so they shall give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels! Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Now obviously I'm not going to stop the story here. Now up to this point, you might think pastors being very heavy-handed with his authority. And, and touting his authority and all this and respecting the man of God and just listening and stop trying to blame him for everything wrong. You know? uh, no, that's not the purpose of this message tonight. And if you thought it was, if you thought it was me getting into my carnality, think again. It's the Word of God. Amen. We see that in these situations that the men of God are not always right. Mm -hmm. Moses got angry. Moses got frustrated with the people of God. And I can tell you honestly, I have been frustrated with the people of God down through the years at times. Not all the time. And it's not even most of the time, but I can tell you very honestly, there's been times I've been frustrated with the people of God. My wife has heard about every single one. This Sometimes it's lonely being a pastor, so I feel like i got to vent to somebody. Well, she's my wife, so who better, right? <laughs> no, God's better even than my own wife. God is the one I need to be venting to, and he would be filling me with the oil of gladness instead of frustration with just turning this thing around in my heart. But I have gotten there. We see Moses, the mighty man, Moses. He's led these people for 40 years. He's not new at pastoring, right? He's not new at leading. He's been doing it for a while. Yeah. And even good old Moses got frustrated enough to disobey God. But the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He still performed a miracle that day. Yes. That stuff. In fact, it very clearly says he hit it twice. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? The first time he did it, no water. Whack! 
Now, I often wonder why God let it happen. And the only answer he gives me is my gifts and calling are without repentance. Moses took that rod in his hand like the Lord told him to. Now, remember, he says, take the rod. Remember that? That was Dean's message last night. Use that rod that's in your hand. We're not Again, we're not trying to just piggyback, but it just so happens the Lord gave me this word tonight. Same rod. Mm -hmm. The Lord tells Moses, and you can look right in your, in your text here, he tells him, take the rod. Mm -hmm. He tells him to take the rod before he says, take your brother. Mm -hmm. Take the rod. Mm -hmm. But he didn't tell him to use it. He told him to take that symbol of power in his hand. Take it, gather the whole congregation so they can see that rod in his hand. And Aaron, the prophet of God, the high priest, standing right there, see all the authority that they need to see. And they needed to see him speak to that rock and say, give these people water. But instead, what he said, but instead of speaking to the rock, he spoke to the people. Some of you might have thought earlier on this session, I might have been venting like Moses was. No, this is the whole point of the service here tonight. Mm -hmm. Sometimes men of God do make mistakes. Mm -hmm. This whole message here has been an example of how you can be wrong, we can be wrong, but there need no be any separation. We need to understand, we need to work as a body. It's not you and us. We don't need to be ruled by the mob, certainly, but we don't need to be overruled by a so-called you know, clergy. Mm -hmm. We need to be ruled by God, and how He does that is He'll use leaders in the church, but we all need to be ministering. Right. Amen? Amen? But notice what He did. God told Him to take the rod, told Him to take His brother, His mouthpiece. And you see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. If you don't, I'm going to tell you. He told Him to speak to the rock Instead, it says very clearly, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now. In other words, Moses said. Now, Moses is the one that didn't usually talk to the crowd. He had Aaron do it, right? Mm -hmm. That was the whole purpose for Aaron being there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. right. Instead of Aaron saying anything, Moses, out of his anger and frustration, didn't speak to the rock. He spoke to the congregation. You rabbits! Was he right? First of all, folks, was he right? Yes, he was right. What he said was actually correct. He rebels, and then he's asking, must we fetch water out of this rock? No. No, no, that was never the plan. The plan was to speak to the rock. He didn't do it. He did it twice. Water came out abundantly. And so, when we teach this, how do we usually teach this? We usually teach this this way. Well, why did God say Moses couldn't go up into the promised land? Because he broke typology, right? Mm -hmm. He broke typology. That's how I've been taught from a little kid. I've taught it that same way myself. Mm -hmm. He broke typology. The rock, our rock, Jesus Christ, not this is, I'm just using this as an example of the rock. But our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he was only struck once, right? Mm -hmm. He was only abused once. It was excruciating. It was crucifixion. It was the worst thing that could happen to a human. And yet, 
It only happened once. His sacrifice was once and for all. Right? Amen. Never again. Mm -hmm. And we can't put him back up on a cross with open chain, can we? That's right. No, we cannot. So we, we say because he broke the typology that we, when we're in a frustrated state or when we need something from God, we can somehow put him back on the cross and crucify him again. Mm. That's the reason why Moses couldn't go into the promised land. Let's read what the word actually says, though. Sometimes we miss this. If you already know this, God bless you, but let's hear it again, all right? Verse number 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not. Mm -hmm. Hear me, folks. Sometimes we skip right over this passage without even really referencing it or making a mental uh, marker in our brains, in our hearts, in our spirits. First thing God said to them, first thing, because you did not believe me. Because you did not take my word seriously enough. Hear me now. Because you let circumstances in your life speak out of your mouth against what I've spoken into your heart. What does Jesus say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But something inside of Moses' heart was more abundant than the Word of God. And so what came out of the mouth? Frustration and anger against the children of God. It had consequences, folks. Come on now. We're talking about consequences, right? Been talking about consequences for a while. Here we go. We see some drastic consequences in Moses' life. Because you didn't believe me. But he didn't stop there. He says, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given you. The reasoning God gave Moses. So we teach it a certain way. But you know, we don't really need to because the Bible's very clear. The Bible's its own commentary, folks. Mm -hmm. The Bible's very clear. The reason why Moses didn't go into the promised land is because he did not believe God to sanctify God in the eyes of the congregation. Therefore, Moses could not lead that congregation in. So, what Moses said to the crowd was true to some extent. His frustration was bad. Their murmuring was bad. So we see it was a messed up situation all the way around. So if you think this is just a pastor speaking against a congregation, think again. It's even the pastor getting a warning from God. Can you see this, folks? And we're all doing it out in the open so that even your pastor is held accountable. I'm not allowed to just speak to you out of my frustrations. You need to know that I know that before God. Can, can, can we do that? I mean, this is, this is where the Lord's leading us. He's leading us into more of a just some general word. He's leading us to, hey, I'm right here with you. I'm right here in your faces. I'm not locked behind some lectern up here. Right. Aloof from you. Higher than you. I'm standing right in your midst saying, listen, I'm a man like you are. Mm -hmm. And I have responsibilities and accountability unto God like you do. Mm -hmm. We all have our response to God that we must keep. Mm -hmm. 
We as the people of God need not be complaining about our situations and letting the situation rise up more abundantly in our heart than the word of God to us. And men of God have no more right than the rest of us. Can we hear this? This is what keeps men of God accountable, by the way, folks. This kind of preaching. It does not mean that you'll ever be able to come up to me and rebuke me. It's never going to be that way. Right. It's my job to rebuke you if necessary. Mm-hmm. It's never your job to rebuke me. But it is an accountability upon me that the congregation knows that I know that I cannot speak my frustrations. I have to speak what thus saith the Lord. We have to leave the realm of opinions when we move into the spiritual place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when a pastor seems like he's yelling at you, it's still God. Right. I'm not saying I'm a perfect man. I'm not saying I've never made mistakes in that area. Because you know me, I admit my mistakes, and I have done that. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you, in these years, I'm not doing that. Because mm-hmm. I've learned my lesson better than that. When we say we're hearing from God, we're not playing games. Mm-hmm. And all the Lord is trying to say is, I don't want you to either. Mm -hmm. Moses didn't go in. Why? Why didn't he go in? He didn't sanctify God in the eyes. He didn't sanctify God in his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why did 1 Peter talk about about making a defense? The hope that's in you. But before he said that, he says, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Because of what Jesus said all along. Out of the abundance of your heart, Mm-hmm. Lord's calling us to talk, folks. Mm-hmm. The Lord's calling us to win souls. Mm-hmm. The Lord's ta- telling us to be drawn toward hungry souls, and He's drawing them to us. But what He's telling us is we got to sanctify. Stand with me. We got to sanctify the Lord in our hearts. Now I'm going to say something very bold right now. I'm going to say something very direct. There are people in this congregation right here in this room. Right here in this room. That have no plans to tell anybody about Jesus. You've either said in your heart, that's not not my deal, that's not what I do. Or some other excuse. Some of you have already discounted the word almost before I begin to speak. And the Lord says those days are over for you. I will not let you get away with it any longer. Mm -hmm. We're moving into a new era, folks. Mm -hmm. This kind of stuff where we just take or leave the Word of God, it's over. Mm -hmm. I will not enforce anything. A man can't. Mm -hmm. It's the living God that will. It's my job just to tell you, not to make you. I'm closing my eyes. I hope you'll close your eyes with me. This is not spoken in judgment. This is spoken by the Holy Ghost. And if he's made judgment, then we must respect his judgment. Can we go to the Lord? I told you before, before we leave this room, we're going to give you the opportunity to speak in tongues. And we're going to give you the opportunity to let the fear of the Lord come into your heart like never before. We're going to do that right now. Could we just close our eyes, lift our hands to the Lord. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. 
Lord God, I open my spirit, I open my heart, I open my very life, I open my being to you tonight. Lord God, you have told us, you have given us fair instructions, fair warning in the Holy Ghost that the fear of the Lord must come upon us in order to operate in this new era the way you desire us to operate in Lord God, I receive, I open my heart, and I receive the word of the Lord into my heart. Peace, shout out. Lord God, let it swell up in me, Lord God. Let me be full of the fear of the Lord like I never have before. Change those hearts that have already discounted a word. Change us, O oh God, that as we come before you in the fear of the Lord, we do not discount the word of God, but that we receive it into our spirits. That we no longer get angry at the word of God and ignore it. That we no longer just turn down the volume. Lord God, let a conviction of the Holy Ghost rest in the body like never before. The fear of the Lord like never before. Hallelujah, the overflowing abundance of the living God in our hearts like never before. That will overwhelm any situation that we would ever find ourselves in. Folks, when you don't know how to pray like you ought, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you haven't spoken in tongues today, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Come on, let's just move into our spiritual prayer here tonight. Each and every one of us. Come on, let's just give in to the flow of the Spirit in our life. This is not a competition. If you need to plug your ears, then go ahead. This is not to show off in front of your brothers and sisters. This is just to move into the Spirit. Oh, Lord God, fill us up. Each and every one of us, fill us up again with the Holy Ghost. Fill us up again with the power of God. Fill us up again with a sacrificial, huge, uh, humble, Spirit tonight, Lord, a meek spirit tonight, a spirit of respect and fear of you, Lord God. But even respect and courtesy towards our fellow man when we tell them about the word and when we make a defense for the gospel, Lord God. When we talk to people about Jesus. Lord God, let us not be afraid of their faces. Let, Lord God, but be fully abundant in the Spirit, filled up with the oil of gladness, with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, with a humble heart and a humble spirit. Lord God, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, Lord God. Ye have not dressed Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. 
without being argumentative, without being arrogant, but to be humble before you. Lord God, to go out there and be as harmless as doves. Wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. We love you, Lord God. We love you. Can we praise him? Can thank praise you, him? Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, I receive your conviction. I receive your admonition. I receive it, Lord God. I believe the city. Thank you, Jesus. In the land of the living. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Speak in tongues. Pray. Read your Bible. Look. Look for opportunities to talk to someone about Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you, folks. The Lord loves you. I love you. Be blessed as you leave in the name of Jesus.